This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The football season may be postponed, but there's still plenty to talk about. The Quarantine Q&A Podcast in association with Leicester Fan TV. Hello and welcome to this special podcast in collaboration with Leicester Fan TV. My name is Robert Fitzpatrick and I'm aptly naming this podcast the Quarantine Q&A. Like I said, I'm joined by Leicester Fan TV and joined by Phil. Phil, how are you doing? Not too bad, Rob. How are you? Yeah, not bad, mate. Not bad, mate. Um, I thought I'd just, you know, bring you on this podcast to really get your more professional insight into the things happening around football and coronavirus and get your take as a prominent and widely known Leicester fan. But before we go into delving into questions by fans and other topic conversations, just thought I'd give the listeners some background information. So, of course, the Premier League and Football League and subsequent leagues around the world are currently postponed due to the coronavirus. It's nearly been around three months since that happened. I believe it was on the 12th of March, I believe somewhere around that time, that the Premier League was postponed. Premier League released a statement in April saying that the Premier League will only return when it is safe and appropriate to do so. Also, according to reports by the BBC, the Premier League has started plans for Project Restart. The league is hopeful for a potential 8th of June restart and end at the end of July to fall in line with UEFA's European competition plans. This would require full training to begin by the 18th of May. So just over a week to go. Obviously, there are also options going around of playing on neutral, safer grounds. And the EFL will work closely with the Premier League to discuss scheduling for their games uh, and obviously with the potential playoffs maybe still going ahead. But some of the big news coming out recently is that the Bundesliga is set to return on the 16th of May with six games taking place so that they'll be the first big league to uh, sort of start back up again. So I thought I'd just start with question one. This was a question sent in by a fan on Leicester Fan TV. Jeff Woodward said, will be interesting to see what happens with regards to finishing places and teams in the drop zone, uh, legal action and etc. And also teams like us view, are vying for uh, European places. When he says that, he means Leicester. So we'll start there. If the Premier League doesn't go ahead and they stop the league here, what does that mean for teams like Leicester, like Man City, like Liverpool, in terms of European competition for next season? I think that this is one of the stumbling blocks, isn't it? And I don't, I don't believe even UEFA, Rob, have come out and given a clear indication from from their perspective on what what they're going to accept. Which is why I think if if we can get the league finished, it helps solve all these issues because you finish the league and then people end up in the positions and, and you can carry on next season. So it, it really isn't clear 
on what would happen if the league wasn't to finish. As you said in your build-up, Bundesliga is due to carry on, but the French Liga has um, has finished, and they haven't they haven't confirmed as yet what they're going to do with promotion relegation uh, and European qualification. So it it has a massive impact for for teams, Leicester City being one of them, because we're on the verge of only our second ever qualification for the biggest club competition, the Champions League in the world. So it has a massive implication for many clubs. Yeah, I was just sort of building on from that point you've made there. Obviously, Leicester won the league back in 2015-16 and people thought that that was basically going to be like a one-hit wonder sort of thing for Leicester. That that was going to be your peak at the top and that you'd drop back down. But since then, Leicester have actually established themselves as a top half, at least top six Premier League side since coming up from the Championship. So in terms of the, the, the overall progression of the club, like what does this really mean on the potential chance of missing out on the Champions League? What, what does it mean to Leicester that by not competing in this competition, like does it mean that maybe Leicester will start to fall back down? Or do you think even though there may be a halt or a complete stoppage in the competition for next season, do you think Leicester will still be able to maintain their form after you know hitting this brick wall, to, so to say? I think it's a great question, Rob, because I think at the moment this this is very, very pivotal for many clubs and certainly for Leicester, because if we look at two options here, if, if Leicester were to not get Champions League qualification, as in something happened, if they were to reset the league and say, right, the teams who qualified last season qualify again, just start it all again. That, that is potential what could happen unless it could be sound Champions League. If that was to happen, our summer, our next transfer window would be completely different to retaining the players we've got and bringing in some new players to if we've got Champions League qualification. With this potential, if we don't qualify for the Champions League, some of our better players like Ricardo Pereira, James Madison, who are linked with big moves to Man United and Barcelona, and PSG, those sorts of players with no Champions League could well go. But if you had Champions League, you could retain those players. And we are linked with players like Philip Coutinho from bringing in from Barcelona, which is an, an immense connection, whether it will ever happen. But if Leicester had Champions League football, it's almost believable that players like Coutinho possibly could look at Leicester and say, hang on, they're finishing, finishing third, they're in the top four in, in the Premier League, and they're in the Champions League. Why not? Let, I'll go there. So it, that, that, that difference for Leicester could be massive. And like you just said in your question, if we didn't get that qualification, could Leicester go downhill again? I suppose that's the sort of pivotal moment that could happen. I just want to work in another question sent in by a fan because you made a good point there. David Thompson said... Why is it taking so long for Madison and Sorinchu to sign new deals? Are they waiting for clauses so they can leave? And I did some research that both uh, contracts run out or run till 2023. But obviously, they've these two players have been some of your Leicester's best performers of this season. Like you said, if the season stops and it's just basically a restart next year, is it a possibility of seeing Ma- the likes of Madison and Sorinchu staying? Or do you think that they'll be tempted by the money and basically, in a way, jump ship to go to a bigger, more, in brackets, established club. Obviously, you're right, Rob. I mean, the thing is, and Leicester fans don't like to hear it and don't like to know it, but obviously, there are bigger clubs out there and more established global clubs than Leicester City out there. We've got ambitions to be one of those top four, top six types of clubs, but that doesn't happen overnight. If you look at Chelsea, 
20, 25 years ago, 20 years ago, when Abramovich came in, they were, they were like a Leicester City-sized club then. And it's took them 20 years, the same with Man City. It's took a long time for them to get up to those uh, areas. You know, so it's took a, a, a long time. And clubs like Man United, Man City, even Chelsea, you know, they are going to be of a temptation to people like Madison and Sionku. And and for players, they have a they have a value and a peak worth where, you know, Sionku's just had an amazing season this season. But if you'd have said how much was uh, Kakalas Sionku worth 12, worth 12 months ago, it was probably a million pounds because he wasn't playing for Leicester and hadn't done anything. His, his net worth has dramatically risen within one playing season because of how well he's performed in the Premier League. So it's not surprising that players may want to cash in on themselves having had a tremendous season. Yeah, I completely agree. Another question I sort of want to work into this Leicester talk is for a question by Connor Scott. He said, when do you feel like Leicester can realistically challenge for the title again? And this is obviously a big question because like we've been saying, Leicester have been riding a wave of momentum this season. At times they look like the only side that could, you know, maybe take a Man City or a Liverpool and really push them for the title this season. Do you think that even with this hitting of the wall and the stopping of momentum at the minute, do you still think there is a good basis at the club where Leicester could see this through, see this and just go on to do bigger and better things? That, that if, you, if you matched our players in that season to the players this season, player to player, probably this season's squad is A, younger, and B, probably individually more talented than the, the team of 2015 and 16. But what they do lack a little bit is in some of the experience, because they are very young, a lot of young players in that Leicester City side at the moment. Um, and I think, I think that is one of the key differences. And a lot of people, Leicester fans included, thought that that the, the Premier League win was perhaps a flash in the pan, was going to be the one and only. But now, this season has, has allowed us to dare to dream again. I, I now, honestly, Rob, I believe, could Leicester City win the Premier League again? I, I honestly believe we could win it one day again in the future. I'm not saying next year or the year after, but I do now believe that it, we could do it. And I think we're building a team that what we first need to do is challenge for that top six regular every season, then challenge for the top four. You know, we sort of shot shot the gun a bit early by by winning the Premier League because the, the ambitions of the chairman uh, Kvitchai before his poor and sad death was to get Leicester into the top six within five years. So we we overachieved quickly, but I think now we're starting to bed in and go. Could we be a top four, top five side? And up until Christmas this year, we were in the Premier League title race. We did. We had a, a terrible run and we fell away, which was I think. The youth, as I was talking about, coming through an inexperienced show. Yeah, there was all, almost that sense of they sort of burned themselves out a bit too early. Obviously, having that younger sort of player, they at the start of the season, they can show a lot of high energy, a lot of high tempo play. But as the season go on, the legs might tire a bit. Also, this, this question is also related to what David Thompson said. David Thompson also said that Fuchs and Morgan need to be given new deals. Do you think that's important, as you said, for experience to have someone like Morgan and Fuchs still in that side to sort of teach these players how to better manage their health and fitness so they can go a full season playing the way Leicester started this season? I think both Christian Fuchs and Wes Morgan, they've done so much for the club in their time here. And I think if, as long as they're both prepared to stay and play and play almost bit parts in the team, 
then they're great characters to have around the club and to help youngsters coming through. And again, we've been speaking to some ex-players recently on Leicester Fan TV, and it's interesting to hear when we ask these players about their time at Leicester. A lot of them refer to older players who helped them through, you know, learned. That it's, it's like football is very much a learning from other professionals learning. You, you can't go to school for it. And so the, the knowledge that is passed down by people like Wes Moore, Christian Boots, is invaluable. You can't buy that. You can't. It's very hard to go and buy in a player who's won the Premier League when we've already got half a dozen still at the club who did achieve that thing. So they could, if, if the players get into that situation again, they can help caress and look after them into hopefully a, a better a better position than what happened just around Christmas time where we, we literally did fall away. I completely agree with that. So um just going to move the question away from Leicester for a bit and move it to what people would say is the big elephant in the room surrounding this whole coronavirus pandemic. Liverpool haven't won the title in around 30 years. They're top of the league by over 20 points if the season is stopped and we basically just go again do you think it's an injustice if Liverpool aren't given the title or do you think that it's if it was start again it's fair that we all just start back from square one I remember I, I used to watch football from when I was a kid and Leicester has always been my number one club but back in the 70s and 80s the, the only team really you saw on TV especially live playing football was Liverpool because they were dominant back in the 70s and 80s. So I remember cheering Liverpool on as a kid in European competitions because they were the English side. So I've got, I think a lot of fans have got a bit of a sweet affinity for Liverpool, certainly older fans. But I, I also, I would love them not to win the Premier League. So I feel selfish because as a Leicester fan, it's nice to walk around and go, yeah, Leicester won the Premier League and Liverpool, you've never won the Premier League. So I, I'd, I'd like that to continue. Should they win it? I, I think if you finish the season now, they sort of do deserve to be given the title, but if I was a Liverpool fan, I wouldn't want it because I want to win it properly. So they haven't done it till they've done it, is the answer. And they're so close to it. Like currently, I'm looking here, Man City are sitting on 57 points and Liverpool currently sit on 82 points. So Yeah, they've won it, haven't they, Rob? Come on. Yeah, so when it comes down to the um, FA's decision, do you think it's it will be a decision not based on, let's say, all-round fairness? It will be based on, like like we were saying here, common sense or like just a sense of that, like you just said there, they've won the league, haven't they? They're so far ahead. Well, but Rob, lower, lower leagues have cancelled the season and they've just wiped it. So uh, how can you have... T- how can you have- how can you have football in England where the lower leagues have cancelled the season and their, their results don't stand? And then higher up leagues, if they cancel the season, their results do stand. It, it's just chaos. It, it's sort of one of them things where you're caught between a rock and a hard place, isn't it? Because if if you give Liverpool the title, if, you, if, if they finish the season, then all the other clubs will maybe say it's unfair and that, you know, they didn't win it fairly, basically. It, it was They didn't see it through to the end, like you're saying. But if they're not given the title, some Liverpool fans may say, well, this is just another big injustice on the club that, you know, we were so far ahead. This is the first time we've really challenged in like around 30 years. It's sort of one of them dilemmas where there is no easy answer, is there? There isn't, because if you give Liverpool, if you were to give Crown Liverpool champions, what do you do? Apply that to everybody else in the Premier League. So, uh, you know, Norwich get relegated, uh, Aston Villa get relegated. But those clubs will be like, whoa, 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 the season's not finished. We've still got I don't know, is there 12 games left where we could have salvaged our season? Yeah, I believe there's, actually there's nine games left, I believe, in total. 
So it's like there's even less to go on. But do you want to move on to what you were saying there about the relegation places? If it applies the same that if they give Liverpool the title, let's just say in the hypothetical world, they stop the league and give Liverpool the title. Does that mean that then Bournemouth, Aston Villa and Norwich have to get relegated at the end of the season because it's all the same rule applies to the top as to the bottom? Or do you think they'll be given the chance to maybe sort of in like a playoff style situation, try and get out? Because I feel it'd be unfair, like I say, let's say Liverpool were given the title because of they finished first and then Bournemouth, Aston Villa and Norwich were relegated because they finished the bottom three. I think it'd be unfair that they weren't given a full fighting chance to get out of that relegation zone? Yeah, I mean, again, Rob, I would totally agree. In 2014, Leicester were cast adrift at the bottom of the league, and everybody thought we were going down with the bottom of the league all season, and yet we did what was called the greatest escape, and we, we got out of the bottom three. We actually ended up finishing 14. So a- any of those clubs in the bottom three, if I was a fan of those, I'd be saying, there's no way you can finish it now and relegate us, because... With nine games to go, there's 27 points left on the table. We only need to go on a little run, maybe three or four wins out of the last nine, a couple of draws, and we can we can escape this relegation. Adding um, some more to what you were saying there, Aston Villa currently sit 19th on 25 points, Bournemouth currently sit 18th on 27, but then you've got the likes of Watford up just above the relegation zone, also on 27, West Ham also on 27 in 16th place, and Brighton with 29 points in 15. So... When they look at it, they can't just say, oh, none of these bottom three have a chance of getting out. It's like I say, you've got five teams in there who realistically could go down because Southampton in 14th have 34, which is, I'd say, a bit closer to safety. So you've got five teams there with potential relegation. It would just seem unfair that if they said, right, Bournemouth, Aston Villa, Norwich go down and basically Brighton and West Ham and Watford, they just say, well, you got lucky, basically. It's no surprise that the teams at the bottom, Rob, uh, I think have, have already some of their chairmen have come out and said, let's just cancel this season. Let's not restart it. Let's start. And you can see why, because they're, they're seeing an opportunity where they can say, look, let, we'll, go, we'll go in this, cancel the season, start again. Because they get another run at the Premier League next year. And mm-hmm. I, I understand that from their point of view. Um, and you can see why they're doing it. The teams near the top, teams like Leicester, we're, we're going, well, you know, let's finish the season or let's, you know, wherever we are now is where it counts. So there's no right or wrong, which you know, of, of how you get out of this. I think maybe it's just you've just got to play it through. This podcast is done in collaboration with Leicester Fan TV. Make sure to head over to their Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube to check out all of their latest content surrounding Leicester City FC. We should just move it on from discussing the Premier League table and the situation there. One thing I wanted to talk about on this podcast, which I was very surprised at how this originally started. Obviously, the government introduced the furlough scheme where, to clarify, was intended for small or independent businesses to be able to pay their staff and to basically keep the business afloat. It was reported sometime back in April that the likes of Newcastle, Spurs, Liverpool, Norwich and some other Premier League clubs were applying for the government furlough scheme to pay 80% of the staff's wages. It was obviously fan backlash was massive, which resulted in the clubs going back on this decision. And then I did I did a little bit of research and there was a video I found by this YouTuber called Hugh Wizzy who'd also talked about this topic. And I found the article on this that he shared on Goal 
which said on the 27th of February, Liverpool had announced a pre-tax profit of £42 million in their latest annual financial accounts. So I just wanted to ask you, in this time of crisis and everyone else looking out for each other, what perception and impact does that have on the view of the EPL, that these big clubs that are making millions and millions of pounds each year are trying to find a loophole in a way to save money? I think possibly, Rob. Again, we were talk- just talking about hindsight there. I think probably in hindsight there was errors made, errors of judgment, which I think you can forgive people slightly for, but it, was not- it wasn't really surprising that teams got a backlash from fans and the general public for some of these actions. You, you're, you know, it's well known that players, even at Leicester or, or Spurs, are getting forty, fifty thousand pounds, maybe a hundred thousand pounds a week. And, and obviously the staff who work in the retail departments, the club shops or, or the groundsmen or whatever, or in the admin or ticket sales, probably getting, I don't know, fifteen to thirty thousand pounds a year. So to put to, to furlough those those employees and say you can get eighty percent of your of your whatever and the government pay it while we can't pay multi billion pounds. I mean I laugh because it is just ridiculous, isn't it, Rob? I mean it's just Hang on, you, you guys, we've got 32 players in the squad who we're paying an average of, well, let's do the math, 32,000 times, let's say 50 grand for some of the big clubs. You know, that's one and a half million pounds a week, I think, if my maths is right. But we're going to furlough the rest of the, the team because of their, their, you know, 400 pounds a person a week or something. It, it, strange decisions, Rob. If we put it in perspective, if, we take, if we're looking at the likes of Liverpool and Spurs, I found some information on our two respective clubs, Leicester City and West Ham. I'll start with Leicester. It says, Leicester City say they will not be using the government's job retention scheme and have announced a number of initiatives after talks with their players and senior management. Among them are charity frameworks involving the first team players, management staff from the stadium and training grounds. The club say they will help university hospitals of Leicester's NHS Trust, a Leicestershire Partnership NHS Trust, and Age UK Leicestershire and Rutland. And then West Ham have said West Ham became the second Premier League club to announce that their players will defer part of their wages following a similar move by Southampton. Manager David Moyes, Vice Chairman Karen Brady, and Financial Director Andy Millette will take a 30% wage cut, and Joint Chairman David Sullivan and Gold and shareholders will put £30 million into the club to keep it afloat. Just looking at that, the likes of Leicester City putting money forward to these hospitals and these trusts, and the fact that these big money earners like Karen Brady and the the owners of the club putting in thirty million of their own money to help the club stay afloat. What does that have on the impact of the view on the likes of Liverpool and Spurs in the sense that these so called lower clubs who don't earn probably as close as much money as these other clubs do are actually willing to invest in their community to help people out? The fact you have some of the some of the clubs choosing to sort of take advantage of the furlough scheme, and then you have some of the other clubs actually doing the exact opposite, which is in, in putting more money in and and sharing their wealth around and, and helping out local causes, local charities. It, it's it's polar opposites, isn't it? I, I know, again, from the Leicester point of view, uh, it, it was well reported that Casper Schmeichel personally donated £20,000 to Leicestershire uh, Age Concern, Leicestershire and Rutland Age Concern. And, you know, so I think the players have felt social responsibility themselves and they have done a lot with the NHS Trust, so I think fair play to them, but it was inspired, I think, by part of the fans' backlash against what some of these clubs were, were doing in these hard 
hard times for fans and all people, Rob. We should finish off this podcast. I'll ask you this question, but then play you a little soundbite. The question I would ask you is that, say you were the chairman or a high governing body in the FA or the EPL, what would you do in your personal respect to make sure that the league is resolved in the most fair and reasonable way possible? But first, I'll just play a clip from an interview that I was a part of with you um, on Leicester Fan TV with Paul Koncheski. And this is what Paul Koncheski had to say on what he'd maybe do to resolve this situation with the Premier League. It's a tough one, you know, because every football fan, every player, you, you want to be out there in in them stadiums. If it's not safe, then listen, we can't we can't do it. But, but for me, I think you, the season has to be has to be finished. But but I think they need to play it out because you could be three points out of the Champions League and you might win two, and someone loses, and you're you're in it. So it's a difficult one. But I I personally think that there needs to be a cut off date that they're going to go for. And if, if we can't meet that cut-off date, then it has to be void. But for me, if, if that if that can be done, but it's all safe, then I'd love to see the football back on. If it has to be behind closed doors, it has to be for now. But listen, we need to be safe. And hopefully next year, everyone and all them fans get back in them stadiums. Yeah, so you basically just want to get your opinion on your perspective and what he's just said there. How would you most responsibly finish this league with all of the respective parties' interests considered? Well, I mean, the first thing is, Rob, is, is fan safety, is uh, football player safety, is staff safety, the stewards, everybody like that. So, so with that in mind, I think I think the next the games are going to be played behind closed doors. You just with social distancing, you you can't social distance fans. But what you can do is cocoon cocoon the players so they can be tested. Now, there's the the government has sorted the testing out so you can be tested and you can get results very quickly. So players can be tested. They can be proven that they're clear of the virus before they play, before they even go to the play a game. Um, I think you can cocoon them maybe in a hotel. So I think you could you could start games going again. So you can cocoon the players and, and all the officials and all the people who need to make a game, play them behind closed doors. And then it just, you know, we, we take however long it takes to play the games behind closed doors and finish finish this season off. I've said it a few times in this, I, I genuinely think let's finish this season off, even if it means that we don't finish till September, October, and it means that next season is something completely different. But we can take control of next season before it starts, and you can put out parameters, even if... We, so if we finish this season, we know who's relegated, who's champions, who's promoted. Then next season, if you go, crikey, we've only got four months left to do next season. Well, well, we'll do a different format then. That's fair if you set that out before the season starts and you say, but this season, just think, there's, there's enough time, even if it takes six months, nine months, to just finish this season off, however long it takes, but safely. I 100% completely agree with you there. Like you said, as long as the player's safety and everyone who is working around these matches, as long as their safety is really considered and necessary procedures have been put in place I believe that we should just finish this season now and then like you said next season we can just sort out in our own time but right now I think it would be unfair to all the teams who have tried so hard over this season for their efforts just to be in vain in in a sense Um, and I think that's a perfect way to cap off this podcast it's been a pleasure having you on Phil and I hope we can do this again. Thanks Rob thanks for having us on it's been great thank you. 
uh, yeah, this was the quarantine Q&A. We might be back with some more shows later in the year, but I'd just like to say thank you for listening and goodbye. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.